under, over, around, through, win. Of course, the last thing you'll do. Today, I'm joined by the creative team behind the new indie horror, Obstacle Corpse. Gotta love that name. They're Hope Madden and George Wolf. And this is the first episode of 2023 of Slasher Sports Cinema. And I'm here to kill you. I am Dracula. Say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shedding. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil. I said, girls, did you know I'm utterly insane? Hope, George, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Very glad you are here. First thing, elephant in the room, Ohio State, uh, Ohio State people. Okay, that's... um, it's kind of a point of contention here at Slasher Sports. Okay, first and <laughs> foremost, we were, uh, you know, we, we kind of split our, I guess, our, our content between college sports and horror films, specifically indie film. But I think a lot of our listener base is going to take exception to you being Ohio State people, the Ohio State. That's right. That's right. By the way, that's and right. that's where you met. No, no, we we no? went to, we went to Ohio State at totally different times. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got there a few years before she did, <laughs> but no, we uh, we worked together at the same uh, bar and restaurant not far from the uh, the campus uh, back in 1990. Yep, we, we are both alum that we did yeah. both graduate from Ohio State. Sure, sure. Well, you know, there's a, a, a funny thing. You're right now. You're wearing a San Francisco 49ers ball cap, and I've got a little story. I told you prior to recording that I wanted to tell you this. Okay, just a few Christmases ago, in um, my work office, we did kind of a, a secret Santa situation. Okay, we drew names. A pretty large team. We drew names, and the sweet lady named Lisa, she drew my name, and she's not a sports lady at all. Okay. And so I made my list and I made it clear. I'm a Washington at the time, Redskins fan, now commanders fan, but I'm a Washington fan nonetheless. And this lady was, she was digging around trying to find what can I get Billy for, for Christmas? I got him. I don't know anything about sports. Well, bless her little pea picking heart. (laughs) She came in having derived a certain thing from my Washington Redskins list and got me the nicest San Francisco 49ers scarf (laughs) that that anybody could ever get me. And I had to to bear the winter wearing this every day as, as to not hurt her feelings. (laughs) That is now that is, it, it, it is huge of me. It is huge to me, considering the fact that, you know, in some of my formative sports years, the Niners put us out of the playoffs, I believe, uh, 92, 93-ish, when we started to hit that big decline. 
Yeah, and, and then you, you put us that? out. I remember you put us out a couple times, uh, as I recall. So back and forth, maybe. A little bit of back and forth. I, I would say, though, the uh, the four Super Bowls from one single quarterback and then another, what, two from from Young? Maybe? One. Just the one? one Did they Young. make a second? They no. won for sure. They, they were always no? kept out by either the Cowboys or Brett Favre, but they got through one year and beat the uh, Chargers in ninety. Okay, okay. And of course with Cap. Yeah. And of course with Cap, of course. Yeah. So, guys, I had a lot of fun with Obstacle Corpse. Great. And hey. <laughs> let me tell you, I love a good pun in a title. <laughs> An obstacle corpse. It reminded me a little bit of like chopping mall. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I had to, since, since she wrote the script, I had to come up with something. So I'll <laughs> yeah. take credit for that. Yeah, that was the, mine. The title was his. And I remember. <laughs> Job actually, well done, George. Job well done. He does come up with a lot of titles for different things that I write because he's just so much better at it than I was. And I, I remember when he was like, I can't, you're, you're not ready. I'm not going to, you're not ready yet. So he, he was you know, pretty proud of himself from the very beginning of <laughs> that title. I, I feel like I would be the title guy. In this out in an outfit like it's the this. easy part. Let there let the, she writes the script. I'll do the title. But you know the title's what catches the eyes, right? Yeah, it's true. And out, outside of the, I guess the the old movie case, if we're talking VHS. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we we know each other through Scott Bradley and Patrick mm-hmm. Ray. Want to yeah. give both of those guys credit for uh, for making this unholy union happen today. Good so news. thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Two former former guests of Slasher Sports Cinema. And uh, two fantastic guys. I really enjoy. I'm 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 happy for the success that Patrick has had with uh, They Wait in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic <laughs> film that he's done. So when you made the 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 short film Obstacle Corpse, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a second. Um, did you already have this this battle royale approach in mind for a feature? Yes, actually, it was uh, it was a proof of concept short. Uh, uh, the the feature script already existed, uh, so the goal with it was um, to get some practice and to to use it uh, kind of as a platform to raise money to make the feature. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who've made almost, a, I guess, a career of short film. Sure, and I've come to be, I guess, a little more drawn to short films lately. And I think maybe the younger generation of film viewers are going to be drawn to short films as well because they can't seem to, you know, put their Instagram away while they're in the movie theater. <laughs> or, you know, the short, short form factor filmmaking is probably something that's going to be bigger in the future. And you're kind of just getting ahead of it, you know, by making short films. But do you think it's also one of those things where maybe there's a, I guess you get double, triple usage out of a short film because A, you just said it, you get to practice, right? You get to work through some of the kinks. Uh, not only that, though, there are a lot of things a short film can be used for. There's the proof of concept, you know, the uh, uh, the old use the short film as the the cold open mm-hmm. of your of your feature, right? And you almost did that here. Yeah. Um, at least reshot it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I just recently watched, um, it was a Spanish film called uh, Piggy. You may have oh, uh, yeah. seen this one very recently. Very good, right? Oh, very love good. that. And the short, you're right. That short was magnificent. The short drew me in. And yeah. unfortunately, I saw it when it was new. So I had to wait all these years <laughs> to, to get the next thing. It's almost like watching your favorite 
you know, TV drama week to week. Who even does that anymore? <laughs> Who even does that? I remember watching 24, you know, the Kiefer Sutherland um, drama and having to watch it week to week. And it was just torture, yeah. Tor- torture waiting for that next week. Yeah, and we were the same, it, it was, we were the same way because we saw Piggy here at uh at the nightmares film festival yeah. every, every year here in town yeah. and we're so impressed yes and we're so great when it would made the uh the feature film yeah. that we loved as well yeah yeah, yeah. L- laura galan was the, uh, the <gasps> actress so in that. so good oh she's so good that alone made me a fan and carlota pereda was mm-hmm. was just completely unknown in my mind at the time yeah we were and not familiar with pay- her either Right. So, I mean, like, why would you be in, in Spain if you don't already just have a, a presence in Spain of all places? Right. Then you're just not going to know. But this th- this short film that she did probably. Well, I, I can't speak for her, but I wonder if she had the same thing going on with, you know, the thought, hey, I'm going to make this into a feature and I'm going to use this 2015 teaser as a short film. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you did, though. But, you know, it's. um you know, I have to ask you though. Like, there are a lot of characters, um, you know, in, in this film. Yeah. Um, but you kind of had other plans for the, the the feature film, Cold Open, than what happened in the short film, right? So you had one part that was written for a specific person who was in the original short film. So let's talk about what you did to to really nail down your casting. For obstacle corpse sure um so there's a, there's a character in the feature film that has always been intended for uh donovan donovan riley wolfington who plays a chef in the feature film and um and, and that he's our son and that that character has full disclosure always, full disclosure he's <laughs> our son he's the boy and that that character was always uh intended for him but when we shot the short you know, um, for, for one thing, I feel like a short film has to stand on its own. I mean, you know, it, it can't just be, I don't think, like a teaser for something else. I think I have tremendous respect for the short form just as, as, a, as a form unto itself, the same as I do for like short story fiction writing. I, I lo- It's actually my favorite thing to read is short fiction. So um, we wanted to make sure that the short film fit, you know, as, as a complete picture. Uh, and also, um, you know, he's really good <laughs> and he's available and free. Uh, so we wanted him to be in the short. So he does, uh, he's, he's one of the two, the, the two actors who were in the short film and the other, uh, Kat McAlpine, who's a good friend of ours and, and a very, a very talented actor. She's, she plays the same role in both the short and the feature. But what I really loved uh, when we shot the feature is that um, the actor, um, uh, Jim Foreman, who played Jester Hat is, is the name of the character, uh, in the feature film, took it in a completely different direction. So we worked a little bit on that, and he's a very comedic actor. Not not strictly, he, he's he's a dramatic actor as well. But he, um, you know, talking with Kat McAlpine and with Jim in advance of shooting, they liked the idea of going a little bit more comical in tone. And I thought that that given that it it, it wasn't a standalone, right? It was an introduction to a flat out comedy, right? The the feature film is is definitely a comedy. So um, we really liked that idea and, and kind of ran with it. So it is, it is funny that, that our son plays two different roles, but I, I, I really actually liked the flavor that that gave both um, the short and the feature. Mm-hmm. And did that final product match what you had in mind from the beginning? Probably not, right? 
the final product, uh, the uh, the feature using having the, the more comedic tone. Actually, sure, I go. think I, I, when I wrote it, I thought it was funny, um, mean, funny. <laughs> the the short, the opening segment. It's it's mean spirited, but I thought it was funny, and um, you know, I had not done a lot of work with actors. In fact, I'd only shot one short before we shot the short version of Obstacle Corpse. And that film only had one actor in it and it was Kat McAlpine. So in all of my filmmaking up to that moment, I had only ever directed Kat McAlpine. And and it's very interesting. I've written for years and years, for decades. And, in, and I was worried that I would not like, that I would be a bit controlling when it came to the way performers, um, you know, sort of inhabited characters. And it turns out that I think my very favorite thing is to just see what they take from what they read. And it's fascinating to me how the way I see it play out in my head when I write it is different than what a reader brings to it, you know? And so um, one of the things that I learned, luckily got the chance to learn making, we made three shorts before I made the feature, is to do that, to just listen to what the actors, that they see in the characters and actually, we did that. Um, the film is a lot of small teams, right? And so sure. in advance of shooting, we met via Zoom with each little team, every either group of two or group of four, or sometimes like a group of two plus Donovan's character, you know, or the, the, um, the you know, the, the guards, you know, had the guards all sort of meet together. And I, that's um, instead of sort of conducting a rehearsal, we spent most of that time, I asked the actors, what they thought, like, why do you think this guy is here? And who do you think decided to do this? And what do you think their motivations are? And, and, um, and I she did a great job with that. She really did. And letting people come to the table with their own thoughts. And, and you were, you were the opposite of controlling. I think, I think you let, you let them sort of uh, come up with it organically. Yeah. And I, it was, it was huge. She did a great job with that. And it, it, it benefited the film, I think, immeasurably, because, you know, so many of them, they, the, especially in pairs, they feel very lived in the relationships between the characters, because these, the, the actors just got to decide so much for themselves about their backstory and, and bring it to the screen. And, and I'm really grateful, uh, you know, for, um, for that and for all that they did bring. It takes a level of humility to outsource a job and then just let them, just let them play. I don't know if it's a level of humility that I have reached in my life because I can't so much as have my sons help me clean the kitchen without, <laughs> without telling them what to do and how to do it. And when you have like something so personal as yeah. like, this is your work, your name is on this, you know, you're, when people think about obstacle corpse, they're going to say, well, this is a mad wolf production. Mad wolf is, you know, ultimately responsible for everything that happens. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't deliver, well, you know what? Maybe it's because the folks at mad wolf don't know what the hell they're doing. Sure, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, but no, yeah. you that, that, that it, it takes a humble director, a humble filmmaker to do something like that, and and trust the people that you know trust the talent. Let the talent show their talent. Yeah, and I'll just and tell they, you right now, Cat McAlpine is the real deal. Yes, yes she is. She is. <laughs> well, we were blessed in that regard because we 
they were tremendously talented. Yeah. And and yes, you can see some of that in the audition process. Yeah, for sure. But once they're cast and and you really get a chance to let them see, uh, get a full range of, of what they can do. We were just tremendously yeah. blessed. The, yeah. uh, the the whole cast, top to bottom, um, just great. Yeah, just and it's and it's a lot of people. That's forty one. <laughs> Yes, very big cast. Yeah. If you're for, a first, mount, for a first production. Yes. Yeah. That's just dumb, is what it is. That is just dumb. <laughs> but it worked out. <laughs> Her words, not mine. <laughs> not mine. <laughs> but hey, you know, all's well that ends well, and it ended yeah. well. Um, but yeah, you, you said it. There are a lot of characters in this film, but I would say that our top baby faces are gonna be Sonny and Ezra. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I haven't spoiled anything thus yeah. far, and I suspect you won't either. No. But what can you tell me? about Sonny and Ezra. So, um, and it's funny, the two characters are, are based, um, or originally are based on two very dear friends of mine. The three of us uh, used to share an open desk, right? At a company that I work for. And they are such funny human beings and they would have such funny and insane conversations that I would just write them down. Like I'd stop what I was doing. I would just write down what these two people were saying. And so I drew a great deal from that, from those exact conversations when writing the script. And I think for me, I think that's one of the reasons why the characters work so well, because they, they, for one thing, they don't sound like me. And I think that's a big obstacle when you're writing, especially when you're writing so much dialogue for so many different people is that you just say things you would say. And then all of a sudden 41 people just sound like you, the writer. And so I think that's one of the reasons that the two of them work so well is because they said things I never could have come up with in a million years. <laughs> so that was helpful. Um, and then um, Sylvie Mix, who plays Sunny, you know, we'd seen her in um, two films, uh, both of them shot here in Columbus, one that she produced called Double Walker uh, that Colin West directed, and then one called Poser. And she was the lead in both of those films. In in Double Walker, she, she has essentially no dialogue. I don't know that she has any lines at all, but she's in, I think, every screen, every shot of that film. And she's she's just, she's so compelling. Mm-hmm. And she's such a, a natural performer. Um, and then uh, Ezra actually is is the character we had the hardest time casting. We, we saw the most auditions for Ezra. And um, that character is so dear to me and, and 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 it was tough, I think, for a lot of the actors who auditioned, not all, but a lot of them to figure out why he would do this if it wasn't because he was hoping to date Sonny, right? Why he would put himself through this race. And so then Alan Tyson plays Ezra. And um, he just, I can't even tell you how perfect he was. He was so perfect. And I loved how, how well Alan and Sylvie's energy like balanced each other because she's a bit dialed down you know, and he's he's a bit broad and cartoony. And they just, the two actors developed such a beautiful friendship and relationship and rapport during rehearsals that I, I knew that no matter what else happened, everybody would be rooting for Sonny and Ezra. And a uh, funny story, um, one, of the, one of the guys who also auditioned for that role and didn't get it, his wife ended up being cast in the movie. And he told her, well, I'm going to hate, I'm going to hate whatever actor played Ezra. And she says, oh, no, you won't. No, you won't. And <laughs> he, he was did. joking. He was, he was joking, joking yeah. but he said it. He's a sure. lovely person, actually. And he, he came very close to getting the role, to be honest with you. But it is impossible not to love. Yeah. And that was the most important thing. When people were reading the script uh, in advance, the, the one most common thing I heard was, 
if you killed off Ezra, I was going to be so angry. And so what I needed was for the actor who played him to generate that much like, God, please let Ezra make it out of this okay. I'm not saying he does. <laughs> All I'm saying is you're going to hope he does. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny because she doesn't have a very deep resume. And he yeah. is a theater guy. He is, oh, yeah. yeah. And he does a lot of commercials as well. He's in a ton of commercials. Um, it, yeah, she's got, she has now three feature films under her belt and she's the lead in all three. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that in baseball, folks, is what you call batting a thousand. Right. That's right. Right. Okay. <laughs> three for three. But it, it is funny that you have such a range of, um, I guess, experience. Yeah. And as you have some people who've, Done a has a ton of work under their belt and some very brand new people yeah. and like, it, it seems like they meshed well Ezra and, and Sonny do yeah. so I mean like why not but have you ever done any of those mud runs or like you know the tough mudder races yeah I do I, I used to do them all the time I've done a bunch of them uh, I haven't done a mud run in a while I still do a lot of uh, 5k's several 5k's during the year but I haven't done a how, how long you been insane <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. But it's funny, okay. it's funny that you that you asked that because that's that's how the story came about. Um, I was supposed to do one with him and uh, I, I wound up with a in a walking cast and wasn't able to. So um, so I just followed along and um, and I think because I was really paying attention to sort of the weird sociological experiment. You were people um, watching is what you were doing. Yeah, just call it yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. And what I kept thinking was it would it would be so easy to die on these and then i thought easier still to kill somebody so that's really honestly that's how it all started by the time we got home i think i had the movie kind of outlined in my head <laughs> well you know something that doesn't happen very often at these mud runs is having a deranged ice cream man stalking the woods <laughs> with choco tacos and murder on his mind you know? so i mean with, with this role specifically written for donovan um I guess we need to, to transition into just tell me what was going on with this character, Mason. Um, I have a nephew uh, and he's an incredibly sweet, like it's the sweetest person has been since he was just a baby. The sweetest person. He has but... two little girls. He's the best dad, um, but he has a very bent sense of humor. And I was at his mom's house for Christmas several years ago and he's a chef and he was um, singing a Christmas carol that he reworded and it was about murder. And right away I was like, oh yeah, this is a character right here. This is a guy I'm working into something. And then, um, you know, is the, is sort of the beginnings of the script took shape. Um, I am a big fan of a B story. Like I, you know, I think a, like a properly developed B story um, gives so much depth to a film, you know? So like, for example, Nope, right? Nope. The, the B story with the with the chimpanzee and the actors. Like that is such a brilliant piece brilliant. of cinema and it brings so much to the A story. So I thought um, there's a, you know, there's sort of a theme in the in the primary story between Ezra, excuse me, between Sonny and her dad. And I thought, well, if I can sort of mirror that in a B story, that's what I'll do. And so that's really what happened is then I, I created kind of a whole separate story for his character. And then I found ways to just mash them up. I dig that. You know, I, I noticed the chef hat, but I thought it was an ice cream truck. I didn't know what the hell to think, guys. And I guess that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. right? An agent of chaos. That's what he is. Uh -huh. Well, there you go. 
Mason, the agent of chaos. Now, I don't know if it was intended, but I had a lot of visions and I probably do this to my own detriment, but I had a lot of visions of, I guess, some of my favorite niche films while watching Obstacle Corpse. And I thought about The Warriors, uh, okay, the classic sure. uh, Walter Hill flick, yeah. uh, because of the matching teams, you know, with a few of the characters. Uh, of course, that's also something that just happens on mud runs. You, yes. you dress alike and you go bury your face in the mud with everybody else. But I did think about that opening scene of The Warriors, where you have all the gangs making their way to... Um, wherever the hell they were going, the, the, the big epicenter of the gang meeting mm -hmm. where they were sending their nine delegates and you got the, uh, the, the, the hurricanes all wearing their, their tank tops and their fedoras. And you've got uh, the, the baseball furies in their, in their, their face paint and the, the baseball uniforms, which I thought that's where you were going with. Yeah, the the yeah. I'm just, just going to throw that out there. But um, now I thought about the cannonball run. Oh yeah. I, I don't, okay. Like there's just another one of those films that popped in mind, and I oh. I could see some of those types of hijinks going on. Um, you know, Rat Race, Death Race, and a few others. But did you purposely pay homage to um, any of these films or any other films that maybe I didn't mention? So I I think the it sounds like these are all original thoughts though, and that, that's why I was kind of afraid of using the word homage. It no, seemed yeah. like this was 100% out of, out of you. And it kind of was. And, and I think um, at, at least tonally, what I think were, were touchstones for us were um, in terms of, terms of sort of like the, you know, so tonally I would say sort of battle Royale meets Caddyshack. And then um, okay. visually our visual touchstone was, was very definitely midsummer. So, um, and now the midsummer, the storyline doesn't bear any resemblance whatsoever to ours, but, but what, what I didn't want was, um, a film cause it's, it's so much of it is set in the woods and I didn't want one of this sort of foreboding dark, you know, I wanted it to look beautiful, fun. You know what I mean? Like right. you, nothing bad could ever happen. So, so visually and Brooklyn Ewing was our DP and she really worked hard to, to help us accomplish that goal. We wanted it to look a bit like, um, midsummer. But, uh, but, but, you know, when it comes back to, there are a couple of things about the costumes. One is that, as you mentioned, it, people just wear costumes to these, to these mud runs. Um, one of the characters at one point says the last time I ran when somebody was dressed in a full Chewbacca outfit, that actually happened. A guy came dressed as Chewbacca, which uh, the whole time I'm like, you have to jump over fire. You're going to go right up. So, um, but, so that was, it was authentic because people do dress up for these, but also it, it helps you, um, create teams, you know, help you remember who the characters are. Uh, and then it's just more, paired with, right. right. And then it's also just kind of more visually compelling if somebody has got a jester hat on for some reason. And of You've course, got 90 know. minutes. You've got <laughs> 90 minutes to establish some sort of order yeah. with the rules that you've created for the universe you've dragged us into. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So when you put, you know, matching costumes, you've already taken care of the compartmentalization mm -hmm. for the yep. viewer. Yep. You know, maybe they unconsciously just know who's sure. who. Yep. So we're not going to, we're not going to think the clown is hanging out with a baseball player. Exactly. Right? We, we know who's who and who's going with what. Exactly now, before right. we get too far, let me just say, you brought up midsummer and anytime someone brings up midsummer, I am obliged to say I've given about 12 hours of my life to midsummer. And I resent anyone who ever says it's a ripoff of the Wicker Man. I agree with you. I mean, resent there's, it. A, there's a there's a whole subgenre of 
of that style of film. There really is. And uh, oh, we love it so much. And we love Wicker Man as well. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from that movie. But yeah, what uh, what Ari Aster did with Midsummer was just just brilliant. It was. And you're talking about a film that just has two different points of view. You know, one's a breakup film and one is an abduction, um, maybe investigation. And, you know, both have their monumental moments and neither there's no Venn diagram other than the giant figure at the end that 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 overlaps. That's yeah. literally it. You know, you've got a cult and you've got just a burning effigy It's not an effigy. I, I can't think of the, what the word is, but not taking one more step. You've got a big event coming up on February 1st. You want to tell everybody about that? We do. Um, yeah. Film scene which is um, in Iowa City uh, on or near the uh, campus of Iowa State. No, University of University Iowa. Of Iowa. Sorry about that. University of Iowa. They have a, a late night program where they, it's Grindhouse, a Grindhouse program, and they have asked us to, they've asked to, to show our film there on February the 1st, 10 p.m. to Wednesday. So we're really excited actually to be a part of it because I was looking at some of the other films that they're showing and, and they're, they're all great. And, and we're very honored to be a part of that. So we're going to go out and uh, and ha hang out with them and watch the movie. Yeah, because we looked and said, oh, that's just, that's an eight-hour drive. We can do that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we're going to be there. We've never been, and we've heard great things, actually, about Iowa City. Yeah. So we're excited to go. Iowa City is a great town, first of all. Love it. But I am pretty sure that, listen, just put yourself in their shoes, okay? Someone mistakes you know, the Buckeyes for Miami, Ohio or something. <laughs> That's I, right. <laughs> I, Iowa State. Listen, Sorry put, about put that. Me in the, <laughs> I'm talking trash. I'm trying to start something <laughs> where there wasn't anything to be started. Listen, your first big screen premiere was back in October 2022. I, I would have put a timestamp on that because who knows when anybody's listening to this. But it's kind of a perfect time to premiere a spooky flick. What was the initial reaction to Obstacle Corpse at the premiere? It, well, it was great. I mean, it was talk, we, we did have a home field advantage because not only was it here in our hometown uh, where it was filmed, but also it, the debut was at Nightmares Film Festival in Columbus. We have been uh, involved with that film festival for many years. We're on the jury. Uh, we, we, we volunteer. So the film was presented out of competition, obviously. Um, but we had a, a, a hidden, or not a hidden, uh, we had a, a, a built-in fan base, which was great, and it, it sold out. Um, we had a, just a fantastic time. Couldn't have asked for a better reception. Um, and it was, it was just a, it was, we, we, we had, when we got married, we, we eloped on the beach. So we didn't have a big wedding. This is what it felt like because it, <laughs> it was such a whirlwind. We didn't remember who we talked to. Did I talk to you last night? If I missed you, I'm sorry. And it was just a thrill. It really, it really was. was a thrill. Yeah, it really was. That's fantastic. So put me in the theater, put me in the theater there with you. You're surrounded by friends, maybe family as well. It's your first major <laughs> film here. Right. Yeah. What are you doing to combat the butterflies? Well, that's a great question because yeah. I really, um, I, um, I wasn't sure I would sit down at all. Cause I, I thought I was going to throw up. I mean, really for the days leading up to it, I thought I was going to throw up the whole time. I remember at one point, Jason Tossifin, who is the programmer at, at the festival and is also actually in our film and is one of our producers, he said yes. something to me. He asked me a question and it had to do with kind of the logistics and what did I want to do? And I, I, I looked at him for a second. And I go, 
I think I've had a stroke. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'm going to ask you later. Just, you know, just go. But yeah, my, uh, my family was in, a, like a lot of my family was in, I have a big family. I have five siblings. Um, and, a, and a ton of them were there, which was very kind because most of them don't like horror. And uh, I asked my one nephew how his, my sister Ellen had done, how his mind, she go, oh, did you not hear her say eep every five seconds? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, um, George is actually in the film as well. Um, and, and that's actually kind of a funny story about Jason and George both being in the film. But he's got one, and it's an ad lib. It's a, it's a physical comedy ad lib that he made that um, went over huge with this particular audience. They all turned around and laughed and laughed. Yeah, so, I was floored. Uh, yeah, but, it was, uh, um, but you know, it did. It was, it was great. And also because Jason, everybody there, you know, we had a lot of people actually came because they were there for the festival and they came as well. And I think that they might've been surprised to see Jason Tostevin in the film. And he's got a pretty substantial part actually. And he just does a magnificent job in it. So that was, I think, a really fun surprise to launch on that audience as well. And it's, it's always interesting by, by the time that premiere came along, we had seen the finished product in some form or another many, 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 many times. And until you're there with that big crowd, you think a line is funny. You think it's going to land, it's going to play, but you don't know for sure. And it, it's great to when people laugh yeah. and react and hoop and holler yeah. at places where you thought they would or you hoped they would. So that's very, very uh, satisfying. I mean, to be perfectly honest. What about honest, the times? So I was going to say, I got Go to see, we did our world premiere um, at, at uh, Horror Realm in, in, um, Tucson. Phoenix, in Tucson, Tucson, Arizona. Um, and, uh, and that came a, a couple of weeks prior to Nightmares Film Festival, but I was the only one who was able to go. So I saw it with a room full of strangers and they also liked it. They laughed where they were supposed to, but it was kind of a cheat because, um, I didn't care for the sound mix. I turned out the first time I heard it so in a it theater. So it turned out to be a good thing. So we, got fix. Uh, we did, we totally remixed the sound in time for Nightmares. Cause we so. had not, no, neither one of us had heard it on a big no, screen no. sound system before. No. So that was huge. Yeah, it was. Huge. Well, you, you talk about not knowing if you're going to get a laugh or uh, if you're not going to get a, you know, I guess a, a squeamish sound yeah. at the times where you think you're going to, but what about the, the reactions in parts that you didn't know there was going to be a reaction or you didn't think that there would be a reaction, but there was, I've heard that's equally as satisfying. Yeah. And I believe it was my friend Reeves Elliott. I don't know. You, you may not be familiar with Reeves. He's, he's a New York guy. But he wrote and directed uh, The Secret of Cuck Island. Okay. He said he wanted to use the first five minutes of the film to get the people he knew were not the target audience to walk out. <laughs> and then the film can actually start. So he, he kind of expected an early reaction. But what do you expect, you know, from your viewers going in? How, how can you how can you really put a, your, your finger on the pulse and and know that after so many times you may even be desensitized to some of the things that are happening because you've seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you feel going in and when you don't get that reaction? I think that's a good question. And I think what, so it, it's, it's a, it's a comedy obviously, but it's definitely also a horror film. I mean, people die and sure. sometimes <laughs> um, in a very grisly manner occasionally. And so, wait, and wait, I always, George. You know, <laughs> yeah, George gets a great kill. Um, that's and, uh, my favorite of the film. Thank you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here to be telling any lies, but that was definitely my favorite one. Because, and listen, this is a this is not a kid's show, but George hits him with that, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. I totally popped for that. 
And that was one that just came spur of the moment because one of the big things about this, getting this done was finding an obstacle course that would let us film. Yeah. yeah. And so when we found one and we're just taking a tour and location uh, scouting and we saw this obstacle and right away I said, you could something, something here. Yeah. And, and it came to play and our, our effects guy, David Greathouse, fantastic. Yeah. He's uh, so great. David uh, Greathouse yeah, is the best. Made it work. And uh, I was lucky at, at that point I wasn't going to be in the movie, no. but as it turned out, I was lucky to be in a, a part of that, a part of that gag. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Oh, you were Bogarten is what you were doing. You said, <laughs> you know what? I'm not putting anybody else here because you somethinged the hell out of that something. And it was my favorite, <laughs> my favorite shot of the film. Um, my favorite line goes to somebody else. And I'll get to that in a moment. But this film is a personal thing for you. I mean, of course it is, right? It's your film, but it's a family affair. Uh, there have to be unique challenges that come along with working with family. It's, you know, I think probably more for George than for me, because the truth is, and, and the same goes for Jason Tostevin, they weren't cast, um, but we had, we shot this movie in 12 days, um, all of it outdoors and, uh, and all of it on Columbus Metro Park properties. They, by the way, were so magnificent to work with, They were, but it was May and, you know, they were booked after like we didn't we didn't have the luxury of an extra day because, you know, they had weddings and, and you know, uh, anniversaries and, and graduations and things. So we had to be done when we were done. We couldn't reschedule anything. And two of our actors at the, the, the day before the big sort of race start scene where where Carl gives the speech that one day, the whole cast is there. And if you couldn't make it that day, you couldn't be in the movie. And so we had two actors who couldn't make it that day. One is the person who George wound up playing and the other is Carl. Um, and Carl was another character. We had a very hard time casting. And the, the actor that we landed on, very, very talented, uh, former military and a, a personal trainer, perfect. He was so great. He wasn't able to come. Jason stepped in, completely different type. But what he brought to the film, I thought was perfect, more of like almost sort of a, you know, cult leader vibe. Right. And I thought that he delivered not just that speech, but also, you know, the emotional heft of that of that character really, really well. But he got no direction from me. None. And neither did George. None. Because by the time they were cast, we were days and days into shooting. I had way too much else that I was, you know, completely I was as I was in over my head. And there are these two guys I completely trust. And I was just like, so do that then. And then I just ignored them. So I imagine they may both hate me. I don't know. <laughs> but like, where everybody else at least got a little upfront time where we talked about, what do you think about your character? What do you think they would? Not, not George and not Jason. They were just on their own. Well, it helped that I, I, I knew sort of who my character was, the guy that he was partly based on. Yeah. He was not a nice guy. <laughs> Um, so I kind of went with that a little bit, so yeah. that helped. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you, Christian Rao and Gabriela Marines, for checking in with us. Christian Rao is uh, my partner at Slasher Sports, who, uh, you know, we, we've been working on this thing for a couple of years now. He's got the college sports thing going on, doing fantastic coverage in uh, college football, basketball, and uh, hopefully baseball when the time comes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and Gabriela has been a fantastic, um, I, I guess what you could say, um, 
ambassador for everything that we've been doing down in Brazil. And uh, wow. she's uh, she's very instrumental in you know getting the word out to, about slasher sports down in uh, Rio de Janeiro. So muito obrigado, Gabriela. Você é uma beleza. Um, Years ago, oh, we hosted a we hosted an exchange student from Brazil. Yeah. Years ago, Leonardo. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Academy nominations coming out real soon, George. Yeah. I, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But, you know, let's talk about this cast for a moment. You, um, I, I guess I want to know who you handpicked, who auditioned. How'd you narrow down the field? Who have you worked with? Who have you not worked with? Because you said you got this thing done in 12 days. All right. You're not Roger Corman, okay? You don't have to get things done in, 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 in just a handful of days, but you did it anyway. And was was the casting process part of that, or was that all done prior to? Oh, yeah. You know, the, 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 the 12 time. days is just the shoot, right? The shoot just is the shoot. 12 days. The, um, the casting process took took a while. We had some, we had some help, um, you know, introducing the idea to a lot, to a big pool of people. Uh, Krista Lively Software is our casting director, but Jason Dostum again was a big help in getting the word out. And uh, we did all um, like Zoom. People sent their tapes, their tapes in, and then we did callbacks via Zoom. And we had a lot of people audition and some really, really great, um, really, really great auditions. And, uh, you know, it, and we did, I mean, we spent a, a lot of time and thought um it, during the the audition phase of it, and I had a spreadsheet where uh, you know the rest of the team of of producers uh, could have a look and sort of tell me what they thought and who they thought was, were doing well, and then um, and then from there when we started to narrow it down, I really paired uh, paired people up in my head to make sure that the character, the teams would stand out, would be memorable, so that you know you would remember each person, so that sort of their each character, their like the way their energy kind of bounced off of each other, you know. Um, so, but we, you know, we we spent a lot of time in casting. Obviously, we'd worked with Cat McAlpy before, um, and Donovan, our son, we'd worked with before. <laughs> yeah. And then actually, one of the two organizers uh, is uh, Reed. The is is George's brother. So we'd not worked with him before, but I was familiar with him, and I knew he would do what I told him to do. So that's a plus. <laughs> Um, and other than that, had we really worked with anyone before? Um, no, I, I, I don't believe so. And then we, we had to do a major shift pretty late in the game because originally we had another actor scheduled, penciled in for Sonny, who then who couldn't do it. And so um, Sylvie, Sylvie became... had, had been cast as Stephanie. So then she moved up to uh, to play Sonny and another actor, uh, Gareth Tidball. Oh, who's so moved, great. Moved she was so Stephanie. perfect. And it, it worked Stephanie. out beautifully. And then also, um, and then uh, and then also uh, Brian Spangler, who plays Richard, who plays the other sort of primary villain. We'd not worked with him before, but I'd seen him in a lot of things. He had been in a lot of actually Jason Tostman is filmmaker as well. He'd been in a lot of Jason's uh, work before. So um, right away, he was in my head as the perfect person to play. Richard, and then when he sent his, he sent his audition tape in, to be honest with you, I was always a little afraid Richard wasn't very funny, like on the page. I wasn't sure Richard was as funny as he needed to be or as funny as everybody else was. I was afraid he wasn't as funny as Stephanie was, and I wanted them to be better sparring partners. But but Brian knew what to do to make him funny, and that was great. And then also um, Tiffany Keeley, who plays, the, sort of the, you got the husband and wife in the matching sweatsuit, tracksuit. Yes. Both of those two, uh, Randall Greenland and Tiffany Keeley, they had both worked in Jason Tostevin's 
films before too. So I was familiar with them because of that. And so there were a few that I had sort of reached out to specifically, but- uh, And then we were very fortunate in the, in the pivotal role of, of Whitey, who's Sonny's uh, dad, uh, kind of the inspiration for her running the race. Todd Covert, you've probably seen him. His resume, he's worked, he's won so many feature films and commercials. In fact, right now he's filming with Barry Levinson. Yes, right now. <laughs> uh, he, we're lucky, he lives in town. And he hit one day and he just killed it. He He's did. so good. He did. Uh, so we were blessed there because we have seen his work. The other one who I was, I didn't even know how I was going to audition for Sad Clown because um, it's an important role with no dialogue. And yeah. and I knew, yeah. I knew in my head he would be an important role. I knew in my head the image of this clown in the woods who didn't ever say anything. I'm like, that's, that's going to work. But I had no idea how to audition for it. And and um, Tony Tony White is a dancer and a choreographer. And instead of like reading any dialogue for me, the, the, the audition tape he sent in, he choreographed a small piece to part of the soundtrack to um, us. And uh, right away, I'm like, this is it. This is him. This is the guy that yep. I need. And he was so perfect. Um, and also I thought because he kind of, for me in my head, he's the counterpoint to Mason character. It was another one. I thought the idea of a tall skinny all in white chef with that tall hat would also look so out of place in the woods so to me those two characters one very colorful and silent and one all white and sort of cartoonish with all of the singing i thought that they would be a fun balance and, and i do think that 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 they worked out really well in that way yeah almost feels like there's a dichotomy there between the two because you think about the the chef maybe being a little more action, less talk. Yeah. And the clown being a little more talk and less action, or maybe at least some harmless action. But it almost feels like the uh, the sad clown could be maybe unconsciously the face of the film. Yeah. 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 You know, people I, I think about... I mean, you have people, obviously, that are afraid of clowns, first of all. And he's, he's so <laughs> colorful with his wig and his outfit. And, and as you're right, it jumps out of, of, the, uh, of the woods. But people are just drawn to him. In fact, I will tell you, there's a, a scene. I'll just say it's, it's a reaction scene in the film. With, it's focused on Sad Clown. People in the crew were crying yeah, they did. the day that we filmed that. Yeah. I'm telling you, they were actually tearing up. Yeah, Tony's amazing. He's an amazing talent. He almost has a, a Harpo Marx kind of uh -huh. charm to him. And yeah. I really don't think there's a listener to this show who's going to know who the hell that is. <laughs> Quick Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you time to Google and done. So uh -huh. these characters, uh, you know, played by, I, I, I keep bringing up Kat McAlpine. Yeah. Because I, I mean, first of all, she and Jim are the introduction to this film if you've never seen the the short film for whatever reason this is your introduction and you know jim's done a ton of short films mm -hmm. but this cold open as it should like i said establishes the rules of the universe and you know it, by that i mean we see a duo of racers possibly outlandish outfits for everybody and possibly death involved who knows maybe <laughs> but it does this while leaving the mystery intact. You know, we don't know why the thing that happens happens and somebody gets their something something. <laughs> but we do know, in fact, that it does happen. So 
Cat was in the original short film, like you said, preceded the feature. Jim was not, and that's because the aforementioned role of Mason was specifically written for Donovan, um, who was the male counterpart in the short. I love the duo, both sets of duos, by the way. I could have watched a whole feature surrounding just the two of them. I thought Cat was fun. She actually gave me thoughts of maybe, you know, Jillian Del Toro of uh, Workaholics fame. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Used to watch very that. funny gal yeah, and like she's immediately who i thought and if like my eyesight hadn't been just a little bit better i would think wow they got jillian del toro <laughs> very very similar facial features very similar behaviors mm-hmm. um but both individual in their own right and and jim really fed off her vibe and i love the fact that you cast him because like this was just an amazing job by both of them it had this been the standalone short i would have been 1000 happy with it and I do love a good cold open. It's a story in itself, like you said. Yep. If it stands alone, and I'm thinking about films, uh, the likes of When a Stranger Calls. Oh, yeah. When, mm-hmm. when a Stranger Calls could have been a short film on its own. Yeah. I'm not sure that it wasn't. But <laughs> like w- w- once you open the, the door and you see Pappy O'Daniel standing there, you know that, you know, that this is, you've done a really good thing. But, um, no spoilers. All right. I told you I was going to give you my favorite line from this okay. entire film and it's from another strong character. And you already said it, uh, Gareth did Okay. She says, have you seen a couple of runners, <laughs> nerdy man bleeding with a skinny woman, not yet bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I of that, oh, yeah. I, she's I, so matter of fact with that. Yeah. So matter of fact, so snarky. And yeah, I, her, I love her, her, her delivery was just perfect. It she was, was so good. Uh, yeah, her, her delivery just kind of condescending down her nose to everyone. You're all idiots. Yeah, I, I loved it. Loved it. You're lucky I'm even here. Yeah. That's right. Hope, George, I think you've done a really good thing with Obstacle Corpse. And Thank I can't you. wait for the rest of the universe to see it. Um, you know, we know what you have coming up in February, but what happens beyond? What, what are the long term goals for the film? Um, we have a couple of more festivals. We have. Um, uh, we're gonna, I know we're going to be in um, Horror Realm Con, which is in Pittsburgh. That's the, the first week I did in March. And uh, you know, we have a couple of more festivals to hear from. Another one that we feel pretty confident that we'll get to be in. And then right now we are looking for distribution. So, you know, fingers crossed by summer or by October, hopefully we, you know, we'll be streaming and people can watch it everywhere. Gosh, I hope so. And thank you, Colby Peterson, former guest and great friend of mine. We're going to be meeting up for tacos tomorrow. That son of a <laughs> All right, guys, before we slide into the gag reels, uh, you, you want to tell everybody where they can find you on your socials? Yeah, well, you can find us uh, at madwolf.com is our main website. We do a lot of film uh, criticism, some fun. You can also find us Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram, um, at Mad Wolf on Twitter. And then we have separate socials for the film. Yeah, Obstacle Corps X is our, our Twitter handle. And then Obstacle Corps Film on Facebook and Instagram. As we ride into the sunset, I want to thank Hope Madden and George Wolf, collectively Mad Wolf, for their time spent here on Slasher Sports Cinema. And on behalf of George and Hope, as well as the crew of Slasher Sports, Christian, Suki, Steve, Sean, and myself, Billy Graves, Happy New Year. Now, go forth, and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children.